Hey everyone, just in case you don't know me, my name's Lockie. I'm one of the leaders here at Restore. Uh, tonight, I get the privilege of speaking to you guys from God's Word. Uh, as Sam kind of already introed, this term we've been answering some difficult questions about different aspects of Christianity and living lives as Christians. And this week, the question I'll be answering is why do Christians eat bread and drink grape juice? Uh, but before I get further, I'm just going to open in God's in God's name. Uh, just even though Sam already prayed, it's still no such thing as too much prayer. Uh, so please bow your heads and close your eyes as we speak to our Maker. Lord, thank you for giving me this chance to speak to your people about you and your Word. I pray that I may be able to speak your message clearly, and that you will give us all clear minds ready to hear your Word. Amen. Now, has anyone ever been to church or even seen in a TV show or a movie of people drinking grape juice and eating bread in church? If you take a step back and think about it, it's a bit strange, right? Like, it's not something you'd commonly see. It's not something that people regularly do. Uh, a large group of people eating some small, specific bits of food at the same time. Like, let's be honest, it kind of sounds a bit like a cult. Like, if you took a step back, you'd say, that's a bit weird. Uh, so why do Christians eat bread and drink grape juice? Why is it that they do this weird thing? Well, to put it very simply, Jesus commands his followers to do, as, to do this as a way of remembering and reminding each other of his sacrifice on the cross. Now we're going to break that down a little bit. This strange practice of eating bread and drinking grape juice that Christians participate in is called communion. Firstly, tonight, we're going to have a brief look at the history of where it comes from, and then we will make our way up to the passage in Luke to figure out Jesus' command uh, and what it is to us about communion. In Exodus chapter 12, after God has instructed Moses to talk to Pharaoh and get him to let the Israelites go, we read of the twelfth and final plague that God sent out on the Egyptians, the death of the firstborn sons. In the passage, we read, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. Here we see that the Spirit of God was going to pass through Egypt and kill all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. The only way that the Israelites were going to stay safe was by killing their best lambs and painting their door frames with its blood and this would mean that the Lord would pass over their homes. This then leads to the freeing of God's people from Egypt, and he commands them to celebrate this time yearly as a way to remember his graciousness in freeing them from slavery. During this yearly celebration, they would eat bread without yeast in it for a week. We also read about this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. It says, The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day of that month, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread, unleavened bread begins. For seven days, you must eat bread without yeast. Now, you might be thinking, wait a second, Lockie, this bread thing sounds kind of familiar. It kind of sounds like that communion thing you described, doesn't it? Just hold on to that thought. We're going to get there. The tradition of the Passover meal was continued all the way up until Jesus' time, roughly 1,500 years later. So now we have a brief understanding of the history of the Passover. We're going to jump into our Luke 22 passage. Both Jesus and his disciples would have celebrated and recognized the Passover festival that we were just talking about. 
as they were Jewish and more than likely it would have, they would have known and understood the significance of it. In Luke chapter 22, we learn that Jesus wished to eat a Passover meal with his disciples, with his, sorry, with his disciples and instructed them to organize one for him. Jesus knew that this wasn't going to be like other Passover meals. Multiple times throughout his ministry, Jesus hints to his disciples that he is going to die soon. This is another one of those times. And he knew that this wasn't going to be like his other times. This was going to be special. Jesus let his disciples know this in verse chap- in, sorry, in verses 14 and 16. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Jesus knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that he was going to die. He knew that this would be one of the last times that he spent with his disciples. He tells us in verse 16 that the Passover would be fulfilled in his death. That means that when he died, the Passover celebration no longer needed to be done. Have you guys ever heard Jesus referred to as the Lamb of God? Yes? No? That's okay? Uh, it's, quite, it's mentioned quite a few times throughout the New Testament. But in his death, uh, he becomes the sacrificial lamb, replacing the need for the original Passover lamb from Exodus uh, and replacing the need for the people to celebrate the Passover at all. So what now? Jesus is our sacrificial lamb, but that still isn't communion, is it? Well, that's where the rest of our passage in Luke comes in. Jesus instructs his disciples in verse 17. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And later in verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus instructed his disciples to take the cup and tells them to remember it as his blood. The contents of this cup would have been wine and red wine when it's nice and rich and thick looks quite similar to the color of blood. Here, the new covenant that is talked about reiterates that this is not the Passover, but rather something entirely new, a new promise and a new celebration. What I think is really cool is that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is for all of us. His blood was spilled for you, not for his own or God's own enjoyment or something weird like that, but for you, everyone in this room. But what about the bread? Well, verse 19 says, and he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hmm. Doesn't this sound familiar? Drinking and eating bread together under God's new promise? Yes, this was in fact the first communion. Jesus clearly instructs his disciples and us to do this in remembrance of him as a way to honor his sacrifice on the cross. Uh, We're going to lastly look, uh, sorry, we're lastly going to finish up by looking at our understanding of the communion by having a quick look uh, at what it looks like in the early church. Paul, one of the disciples, and the guy who wrote most of the letters in the New Testament, writes to the people of the church of Corinth saying, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the, of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Communion wasn't just for the disciples. It was for all who called themselves followers of the Lord. 
It is important, though, that we all take that all who take part in communion have their heart in the right place. Communion is a special thing, uh, is a special thing, and if we are taking it for any other reasons than honouring the Lord, we shouldn't partake in it at all. For example, it would be wrong to participate in communion just because everyone else around you is doing it. Communion is for believers. So if you're still figuring out your relationship with God and you decide you know, not to do communion and just let it pass by, that's okay. You can't look back on Jesus' death as something special to you if you don't consider his death special. Now, earlier you might have noticed that I said that the drink that Jesus gave out was not grape juice but wine. The reason that we do communion with grape juice instead of wine is so that it's accessible to all who wish to do it. Right? For example, some people might struggle with alcoholism, or a more relatable thing for you guys is if you're under 18 in Australia, probably shouldn't be drinking wine anyway. Uh, and we don't want that to be the reason that people can't do communion. We don't want alcoholism or age to be a factor. We want everyone to be able to do it uh, and share in that special time with other believers. So for that reason, we use grape juice. And we do it in church because we want to make sure that we are doing it, that we aren't doing it for the wrong reasons. If we are surrounded by other followers and it is being led by a minister, it makes it easier for our hearts to be in the right place. We want our hearts to be humble, repentful, thankful, and open to God's love. So why should you choose to partake in, this, in communion? Well, if you consider yourself a Christian, then communion is something that you are instructed to do, and it is a, also a way for you to reflect on Jesus' death and what it means for you. How through him being the ultimate sacrificial lamb and his death granting us forgiveness, we get to have an internal relationship with God, despite not deserving one because of our sinfulness. I'm just going to wrap up in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this time to spend together. I just thank you that you love us and you sent your son to die for us. Uh, I just pray that we'll continue uh, throughout the rest of our weeks and whenever we partake in communion to make sure our heart's in the right place, remembering Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, and I thank you that we get to spend time studying your word together. Amen.